You're listening to the SHL Smart Teams Podcast, a show where we invite experts on people science to talk about how to build a future where businesses thrive because their people thrive. Hi, welcome to this SHL Smart Teams uh, podcast. I'm Tuya Pelli and working at SHL's Solutions Consulting team. Today we are going to talk about how the pandemic, COVID-19, has impacted on us and our ways of working, going remote and finding a new way in hybrid work. How global, global organizations have managed that and how to be successful going forward. Today our guest is Cecilia Sandberg, CHRO from Atlas Copco. And hi, I've had the pleasure to know Cecilia quite many years. So really exciting to have you here today, Cecilia. So most welcome. Would you like to introduce yourself and Atlas Copco? Oh, thank you so much, Tua. It's a pleasure to be here and I'm happy to do so. Absolutely. So my name is Cecilia and I have the great pleasure of heading uh, HR for the Atlas Copco Group then. And uh, I've been in this role for five years, but uh, I usually say I have to like 20 plus years, but then I think I need to say 20 plus years of experience within HR, <laughs> different companies, different roles, different businesses. Um, so that's me. Um, maybe from an Atlas Coco perspective, I think we are, uh, we are an industrial engineering company uh, and we're young at heart, even though we celebrate 150 years next year, uh, a global industrial company. Um, and uh, known for quite a highly innovative spirit, I think. Uh, our customers, then, if we talk about our customers, they're active in a wide range of businesses. So we have customers in more than 180 countries and employees in approximately 70 countries. Uh, and we are then almost 45,000 very passionate people in the organization. And then to mention the customer base maybe a little bit is that it's 100% business to business. Um, and then our customers are from basically any industry in the world. So uh, we, our strategy is done very much to be pioneering in, in, in technology drivers. Uh, and our market leading, we have compressors, uh, vacuum solutions, generators, pumps, light towers, assembly systems. So we can be found anywhere in any kind of industry. And that could be, for instance, civil engineering, it could be transport, it could be food and beverages, and could be medical, just to, to mention a few of them. So maybe that's the sort of the starting point, <laughs> what we are Fantastic. all Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And you really have a great history and also success, both in the people and business. And uh, you have a really great and known culture. So actually, I would like to start with you to understand a little bit more about your culture. So what is the story of your culture? Yeah, I think, uh, thank you for that question. It's Maybe I start in the decentralized organization then. Um, and I think we have several cultural beliefs. And one of them is that the one closest to the problem is the one closest to the solution. And I think that kind of resonates with that decentralized culture. Um, and then I think the power is really to grow and nurture local competence. I think that's also what we're quite known for. And then I think we really delegate both responsibility and accountability. It really goes hand in hand. But then when you ask me this question, I thought, like, what, what kind of words pops up in my head then when it comes to you know our culture? I think there are a few words. It's, innovation, curiosity, drive, collaboration, and team. I think we are passionate about how performing teams and, and actually what people can accomplish together. And we usually say that the whole is, is so much greater than the individual parts by itself. 
Uh, and then I think we also have a true passion in, in psychological safety and being able to bring your true self to work every day. That's something that we work very, very hard on. And, and I think that is also how you create that trust and belonging that we want to, uh, to have in the organization. Fantastic. So, <laughs> no, no, but it's really kind of the it's in your DNA about the team and the collaboration. Yes. And now I'm curious to hear about uh, how this has supported you during the pandemic. Yeah, and maybe if I can take two steps back to uh, because I think it all started when we take we started in 2020 in March for sure. You know when you know the craziness I think started and we were all very unprepared. I think we heard it you know end of 19 china what was coming so i think there were a few things that happened then i think first of all we really worked on the health and safety and what priorities was really our employees especially since we have approximately 25 percent of our employees are, are in our factories and out in the field so to speak and then we also really needed to make sure that we could deliver to our customers but that was not the first priority that was more second priority so people first and then i think when i reflect back is that teams saved everything or these kind of tools. It could be any one of those, but because we actually did a global rollout implementing uh, this tool uh, without one hour of training. I think that's amazing, you know? Wow. And then yeah. I think the key issues for us were very much, yes, health and safety of our people, but very much about the, you know, the work environment, the leadership and the culture, especially when everything went through screens virtually. Um, but then I think we there are a few things that we reflected upon also. What what how did we accommodate the, the culture and so on, and and what did we learn from this? And I think, I think the team has been essential in that. You know that the team be actually comes before me or I, <laughs> and mm -hmm. that's one thing. And maybe we can come back to that. Then I think also our learnings now is a little bit. We really believe in the office, or rather, we believe in places for people to meet together. And then you can argue, what is the role of the office then going forward? And here, I think you can you need to really work on that from a hybrid point of view, because I think we can all agree on that the, the hybrid work is here to stay and the flexibility is here to stay, for sure. We learned a lot. Uh, and I think there's certain things where the office can really contribute, but there are also places where, you know, another environment will really benefit from this focused work. Um. And then I think also uh, another reflection that we have done is a little bit in relation to flexibility. And I think sometimes when people say, I want to work from home or I work from remote, I think actually what people say is that I want flexibility. Mm. Uh, and I think it actually gives a lot of benefits, you know, in the sense of, you know, uh, less stress, uh, you, the commuting and the traffic jam and all that. But then I think there are a few questions that I ask myself or we ask ourselves here is a little bit, what are the disadvantages, you know, and, and some, uh, some of the questions we ask ourselves, how do we ensure that everyone feels included? And how do we ensure the well-being, both psychologically, but also mentally? And how do we ensure that strong corporate culture? Uh, and how do we receive and introduce new colleagues? We have onboarded thousands of people virtually. And how do you get a feel and an understanding of what we are all about? Because we're product and business to business. Uh, when everything is a channel and it becomes a digital world like Teams. Uh, and then I think maybe, and I'm jumping ahead now, maybe too, but I think also to really describe, you know, the good part of it, but also who benefits from working remotely. 
And then I think it's so interesting to actually follow this in the sense because you see research saying that women are more positive to it than men. Mm. We also see that underrepresented groups are more positive to this than men. So here I think, again, it's going to be interesting to see how the research, what the research will tell us in the future, whether it is good or bad. And I think actually it's that nice mix in between, right? So, yeah. Yeah, interesting. And uh, really the key is the flexibility, I yes. think, because in yes. all changes, we are really forced to find a new ways to operate and define the new normal. Yeah. And it really gives the opportunity to reinvent and improve work experiences for now and going forward. Absolutely. And with the mindset more back to better. So something new, but not back to old, but back to better. Absolutely. And we know that is very much linked also when you talk about culture, maybe. Do we yeah. want to nurture the culture? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But we want to grow it. And I think this, air, exactly to your point, it actually resonates yeah. with that thinking, right? Yeah. Fantastic. And now we're thinking back. So as you resonated about uh, uh, how you have been successful and what were the challenges and how you managed that fantastically. So we know that people generally have managed that transformation quite well. Mm -hmm. And we have uh, coped during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we also know that many of us have been struggling to work autonomously and to navigate in the remote environment, how to connect and and keep the uh, connections with colleagues and Mm -hmm. and other people Mm -hmm. and and seeking support. Mm -hmm. So how the pandemic changed us as individuals? Mm -hmm. This is an interesting question, actually. Mm -hmm. Have you seen any any changes or indications of that? Well, I, I think it's interesting. Uh, if you look back, we do an employee engagement service every other year. And mm. we did one in 2021, actually, uh, globally then for all our employees. At that point, I actually thought that we would see signs of burnout risks. You know, mm. we didn't. Now it's going to be very interesting because we're going to do a new engagement survey now in 2023, whether we're actually going to Mm. see that uh, or not. But what we did then already in 2021 was that we really, really need to focus on the well-being piece. So Mm. we have just launched our uh, well-being framework and we do webinars and workshops around that. And I think when I meet, this is not age dependent, this is interesting. But, you know, Mm -hmm. depending on, you know, because this is very much individually, you know, how do you live your life and and all that. But I think you should never, never underestimate uh, the need for actually making sure that you capture that piece. Because I think a lot of people have suffered suffered tremendously during uh, the, the COVID. And then if I can touch upon a few other things then too, because I think this is also re- a lot. And if you then need to lead your team virtually or in, like this in a team setting, mm. uh, then I think you need, really need to work on that psychological safety. And I, of course, I'm, I'm so passionate about the importance of the team also. Uh, mm. So because we all know that if you, you know, to nurture those high performing teams, uh, you need people who are engaged and passionate about what they do. So to keep that in a virtual space is even more important probably when you don't meet day to day, right? So to ensure you nurture climate then, and that needs to then happening in teams then, where people are all, you know, well positioned to take care of themselves and both psychologically and physical and mentally and really putting this high on the agenda. I, I think it's essential in... in, in uh, in this situation and it goes hand in hand right so i think you know 
engagement and well-being, I think, really influences how we evaluate not just uh, our working life, but actually our life in a broader sense. And I think if people then have that strong sense of purpose and persistence and accomplishment, they will perform better at work. So I think it's as simple as that, actually. And and as a person, you know, a person who can align a task then who has meaning (laughs) will be more, more likely to complete it. Absolutely. And. Achieving something that feels important is is really beneficial, of course, for your well-being instead of achieving something that makes no sense and have no personal value. And I think when people feel appreciated and also Mm -hmm. valued and empowered to perform, I think that's when they will reach their full potential. Yeah, interesting and and, uh, well well said, Cecilia. So, and just shortly wanted to share an interesting finding from SHL recent study showing that actually we see some changes in the people's capacity. uh, And actually the kind of the main findings was that there is a decrease in people's adaptability and resilience. Uh, And then also about looking at the motivators. You mentioned about purpose of uh, uh, meaning Mm -hmm. and and well-being Mm -hmm. and and connecting. So we see uh, increase and kind of clearer reprioritizing these motivators. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, any any additional thoughts about this adaptability and resilience? Yeah, no, but it's an interesting topic. And maybe I reflected, I mean, four years ago, uh, we actually launched our talent framework, which is our five mm-hmm. core yes. competencies. And mm-hmm. that is also uh, linked to the behaviors we want to see all of us to, to mm-hmm. uh, demonstrate. And I think what we then also did, uh, and we just launched that uh, this year, was that we also uh, we also launched our group leadership portfolio, uh, and that is our uh, learning journey for our, our senior leaders. Uh, and then one of the modules, and this is interesting that you mentioned that because it is yeah. actually about how do I actually gain resilience? And I think for mm. leadership, it's so, so key. So I think the combination of having that, as we then call talent framework, other companies will probably call it the leadership mm. model or whatever, but that in combination of actually linking it down to a learning journey or a development initiative, mm. it's so essential in, in uh, because I think also when, and I strongly believe that leaders are so key in this. And if you have a leadership then who's going to handle something remotely or in a hybrid world or even only like this in, in a virtual world, you really, really need to work on the on the resilience and adaptability. And, and uh, then you need to train that, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very, very good points. And mentioning this, uh, that leaders re- really play a key role and yes. ensuring that everybody is uh, is uh, uh, included in in the processes. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned about the um, Atlas Copco Talent Framework, and mm-hmm. I would like to link it to the, uh, in the beginning, you mentioned one of the elements of the Atlas Copco culture is decentralized. Yeah. And I know that many big organizations are balancing on that, uh, having something, you know, decentralized and, and uh, uh, kind of the independently doing mm-hmm. and then balancing what are group level mm-hmm. or kind of the overarching uh, mm-hmm. structures and processes. So mm-hmm. if you could give some examples or any good advice how to balance <laughs> that. <laughs> well, I'm not sure I can give any good, but we've done a few learnings. I, I think 
that sometimes you make the mistake that saying that in a decentralized organization, that equals no processes. And I would actually say it's almost the other way around, actually. Uh, and what we do is that we align globally around core people management processes. Uh, and I think that gives that framework to navigate uh, within. And then we apply local adaptation uh, you know, in, within that framework, uh, whatever it could be. I think the, the trick is really to align what is global and common. And I think we we try to handle it like we, we try to look ourselves from the outside in saying that, uh, well, who will benefit from this if we now do it as a global process or a global tool? Okay. And if the answer is, yes, it makes sense. You know, leaders and employees will benefit from this. Then we align globally. Uh, and maybe the talent framework is a, a beautiful example of that, yeah. of course. Uh, that is our core competences. It makes sense to have a common language or kind of behaviors we want to see from everyone. That doesn't make sense to do decentralized. So we have like 70 versions out there or even worse, you know. Um, and I think what we then used, if we then take the talent for we set that as a mm. foundation uh, and are then implemented in our core processes. I think that's a good example. Not sure sure we're perfect, but at least a good example of how we how we how we handle all the questions looking at it from a common global perspective and then versus really keeping the core, which is the decentralized structure, which I think is super important. And we will never leave that. And I think that has been one of the learnings also <laughs> during the pandemic <laughs> that I cannot understand. And I, I, I have the greatest respect for companies who managed, if you're a global player in so many mm. countries, having a centralized structure. We would, I mean, we, those, the people out there are, they were our heroes, are still our heroes. I think uh, amazing uh, when you have those, that local competence out there. Yeah. Yes. F fantastic. And, and uh, really amazing uh, way to uh, balancing that uh, decentralized, keeping the decentralization, but then having the common processes. So well, well said, Cecilia. <laughs> But I think uh, oh, we have really had interesting views and, and great insights from you, Cecilia. So hybrid work is really here to stay. So based on uh, what we have discussed today, it's really a learning journey and we all have a role to play here. So before closing our chat today, Cecilia, would be interesting to hear your key tips for organizations, how to be successful in hybrid working. Yeah, thank you for the for the question too. And I think when you asked me, I, I said, oh, okay, three tips, but I have four actually, or more learnings than anything else. But I think first of all, uh, don't ever underestimate the impact of meeting face-to-face. -face. Um, I, I think hybrid work is really efficient, but everything is not about efficiency, to be honest. And, and I think creativity and innovation actually happens when people get together. Then I think really attend to the need of the individual, for sure. But don't forget, and maybe sometimes even more important, the need of the team. Um, and then I think hybrid work uh, really needs strong focus on inclusion and belonging and creating that psychological safety and trust. And here I think leadership is, is really, really key. And then I think, I mean, hybrid work is here to stay. For sure, flexibility is here to stay, but explore and learn. Uh, I think what works today might not work tomorrow. Uh, and dare to try and dare to change. I, I think this is really a, a learning journey. 
fantastic. Thank you for your time, Cecilia, and for sharing your thoughts and experiences. Thank you for listening to SHL Smart, Smart Teams podcast. And if you are interested to read more about SHL study, using people insight to make hybrid work, please go to shl.com and download your own copy. Thanks for listening to the SHL Smart Teams podcast. To learn more about how SHL helps companies leverage their greatest asset, their people, please visit shl.com.